Today we continue our sermon series of finding fullness and wholeness in a family of faith. And today I will be talking about truth, justice, and nutshells. We've all said or heard the phrase, if you want to know the truth, I can explain it to you in a nutshell. We lawyers have heard it a little differently. If you want to know about justice, I'll explain it in a nutshell. Clearly, these are just manners of speech, because the concept of truth certainly cannot be contained in a nutshell, nor can the concept of justice. In fact, as a good friend of mine recently told me, the only thing that can fit in a nutshell is a nut. If you think about it, we're hearing about what we are to believe is truth and justice every day as nutshells. The sound bites on television, the short articles from news, feed, news feeds on our cell phones, and of course, on social media. To truly understand truth and justice, Jesus certainly did not use nutshells or social media. Instead, he conveyed his teachings through the use of parables that presented a set of facts that everyone could understand, but also had a much deeper and different meaning than the story he was telling. They require us to wrestle with their meaning, and the meaning that they give is true today just as it was almost 2,000 years ago. Also today, a court jury trial is another scenario in which, hopefully, Truth will be determined and justice will be done. Mary and Bill were in an accident where their cars collided in an intersection. It happened three years ago. Each driver says the other driver was speeding and ran a red light. The first thing to know about jury trials is the truth happens all over again for the first time. As I've often said, a perfect justice system would be where we can travel back in time with the jury and let them watch whatever we're litigating about. But obviously we can't, but they will have a verbal picture of what happened. There are two witnesses to this accident. Before they testify, each witness swears that they will tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. Witness number one says that Mary had the green light and Bill was speeding. Witness number two says that Bill had the green light and Mary was speeding. Who is telling the truth? The answer is both, both of them. They are giving their best recollection of an accident that happened three years ago. It proves that our recollection of the truth is not the best source for justice to be done. Now, I don't want you to think poorly of our legal system, because in cases like this, and in most cases, almost always the truth is found and justice is done, not through eyewitnesses, but through documentary evidence, expert testimony, and physical evidence. But this example shows that the truth and the justice that flows from it are sometimes fragile and elusive. However, there is a source of truth that leads to justice that we can completely 
rely upon every single time. And that is the truth of God as revealed through Jesus Christ and the justice that that truth requires of us. What is the truth of God? Love. Love is the truth of God. That abundant love from God that has for us a life, its own life, and can be seen in the life, teachings, and ministry of Jesus Christ. God's truth, or love, is far more reliable than a human's perception of truth, which to some extent is always based upon our own biases, our agendas, and yes, our loss of memory. However, we are all called as God's children, and we are all God's children. There are we, we are to live the truth of our creating force. We are to love others as we would like to be loved. That is God's commandment. God's steadfast love is that bond between God and all the people in the covenant God has made with his children. That love is the bond which holds together in fullness and in wholeness the community of God's people. To love others is to do that which strengthens that community among people from all backgrounds, classes, and colors. To love others as Jesus did is to recognize those in need and those excluded from society in order to bring them into a community of care and protection. It is to bring fullness and wholeness into those that give and receive love. The Bible speaks frequently of God's truth, which is love. See what great love the Father has lavished upon us, that we should be called children of God, and that is exactly what we are, First John. And know, therefore, that the Lord is, your God is God. He is the faithful God, keeping his covenant of love to a thousand generations of those who love him and keep his commandments. Deuteronomy 7. What does God's truth or God's love have to do with justice? One of the key aspects of God's love is to seek justice for all God's children. And we are all God's children. As it is stated in our second scriptural passage from 1 John that David read, Little children, let us love, not in word or speech, but in truth and action. And by this we will know that we are from the truth and will reassure our hearts before him whenever our hearts condemn us, for God is greater than our hearts, and he knows everything. Philosopher and activist Cornel West once said, Justice is what love looks like in public. You can't talk about loving people and not fight for justice. To do justice is to create a just society through not judging one's life according to personal advantage, wealth, acquisitions, power, nor desiring to dominate over other people. To do justice is to relieve the oppressed, to rescue the victims of injustice, and to restore that which will prevent these conditions in the future. 
God calls us to meaningfully consider and direct our attention to other people and their needs. Then to act in justice and love for those other people. To do God's justice is to seek it on behalf of all those who are weak, oppressed, and in need. As it is stated in our first scriptural reading from Amos, seek good and not evil, that you may live. So the Lord, the God of hosts, will be with you. We can see how God's love for all God's people demands we seek justice for them in a much repeated theme in the Bible. Have you ever wondered why there is so much talk about the needs of widows, orphans, and slaves in the Bible? Over and over again, when justice is spoken of, it is these three groups that are brought to the front because they frequently live without any protection whatsoever in ancient Israeli society. They were vulnerable and without resources. It was a patriarchal society in which women, children, and slaves were the property of their husbands, fathers, and others. Widows, orphans, and slaves had no legal rights of their own. They could not own land and had no means of economic support. When their husbands, fathers, or owners died or rejected them, it caused them to either become slaves to others, to pursue a life of crime, including prostitution, or suffer death through malnutrition and illness. Because they lived without human protection, the Bible writers claimed that God became their protector. God sought justice for them. The Old Testament repeatedly compels justice for the oppressed. The Lord watches over the strangers. He upholds the orphan and the widow, Psalm 46. While women and orphans and slaves were repeatedly discussed in the Old Testament in terms of the need to perceive God's justice and then to provide for them, the same can be said today for the homeless, victims of prejudice or discrimination based on race, gender, ethnicity, sexual orientation, or lack of standing in society. We know that our God calls for us to do. We know what he calls to do. We know God wants us to offer ourselves in service to God by not only recognizing our neighbor's needs, but to aggressively act to meet those needs. And we need to do so even when, just like Jesus Christ, we give up our own safety, power, prestige, and position. For many reasons, doing justice will be difficult. And just because it is, we should never stop doing justice. Doing God's love and justice is not something that is done in a vacuum or in theory. Doing God's justice is not about something we take care of by going to church, sending our children to Sunday school, or saying our prayers before we go to bed or when we wake up. Instead, Doing God's justice and love is something that affects everything we do, our values, our work, our use of our money, and how we live as citizens in this world. We must ask, in every situation in which we find ourselves, 
Am I reflecting God's truth and love? Am I demonstrating what God's justice calls for? It looks like in this situation, we don't have an option to do anything else but that. So, how are we all doing with that right now? How are we answering God's call, or are we not answering God's call? Are we doing God's love and justice right now, wherever we may be? Look, doing God's love and justice is a lifelong journey. We will continue to grow. We will continue to change. We will continue to understand more and more about God's truth or God's love and justice. We are called to take that path following the greatest example of living God's love and justice, Jesus the Christ. If we are already on that path, let's continue on the journey. If we are not on that path, let's get started today. To do either will bring fullness and wholeness to our family of faith. We will be following the call of God. Amen.